Hello, and welcome to Talking Opinions. I am Anthony Livingston Hall. Nikki Haley, the former governor of South Carolina, became the first Republican on Tuesday to challenge Donald Trump for their party's 2024 presidential nomination. Except that Tuesday was Valentine's Day, which means that she displayed Trumpian narcissism and conceit by choosing this of all days to draw people's attention away from their loved ones to her. More to the point, though, Haley did not premise her challenge on this twice-impeached, coup-plotting, pathological liar being plainly unfit to lead her party, let alone the country and free world. Instead, she channeled JFK by saying the time has come to pass the torch to a new generation of leaders. In other words, despite all the racism, corruption, and treason that defined his presidency, Trump's old age is the only reason she thinks he's unfit. <laughs> he is 76. She is 51. Meanwhile, reports are that Senator Tim Scott, who also hails from South Carolina, is preparing to announce his own challenge any day now. And you'd be forgiven for thinking that Indian American Haley and Black American Scott are motivated by a racial imperative to disassociate their Republican Party, at least from the racism that defined it, under Trump's leadership. Unfortunately, nothing could be further from the truth. Not least because these two racial minorities spent his presidency supporting and even championing his racist policies. Which makes them rushing now to challenge him as ironical as it is cynical. In fact, everyone in Washington knows that Haley and Scott are merely auditioning for either Trump or his mini-me, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, to pick one of them as a VP running mate. They are banking on these frontrunners realizing the political need to pick a token minority to make the Republican Party appear less racist than it clearly is. But if Trump is the nominee, they will be hoping against hope that he resists his racist impulse to hail them on the campaign trail as my Indian American or my African American running mate, depending on which of them he picks. I am hearkening back, of course, to the notorious way Trump interrupted a campaign stump speech in 2016, pointed to someone in the crowd, and blurted out, Hey, there is my African American. <laughs> Even MAGA Republicans were stunned 
because he did so with pride of ownership. One could only imagine a slave owner doing with his black slave. Ironically, this was Trump's impulsive way of trying to counter criticism about his campaign rallies looking more like KKK rallies. In any event, Haley seemed a little too full of herself while saying in her launch video that she does not put up with bullies and that when you kick back it hurts more if you're wearing heels. <laughs> the patronizing misogyny in that glib line seemed completely lost on her. What's more, it betrayed the gaslighting and projection that explain her new Trumpian character. Because everyone knows, as his appointed ambassador to the United Nations, Haley not only put up with bully-in-chief Donald J. Trump, but spent her entire time as a member of his administration kissing his ass instead of kicking it. Truth be told, Haley has no credibility and even less character left. She has made it all too easy to forget that she endorsed Marco Rubio in 2016 and spent much of that campaign cycle decrying Trump as little more than the Antichrist. Yet, like little Marco himself, Haley's Trumpian conversion as Trump marched to the White House seemed even more miraculous than Saul's Christian conversion as he rode to Damascus. Hell, even since leaving his administration, she has flip-flopped between praising and condemning Trump so much it's enough to make your head spin. And so it is no surprise that she is now flip-flopping on the one thing that distinguished her, namely, taking down the Confederate flag. Specifically, she is propagating the lost cause myth that the Confederate flag symbolizes service, sacrifice, and heritage. Worse still, she's saying she only took it down because a white supremacist hijacked it when he killed nine black people at a church in South Carolina in 2015. <laughs> Trust me, the only thing that explains Haley saying something like that is her feeling the need to pander to the MAGA racists who compose the base of Trump's Republican Party. It also explains her insisting these days, A that the notoriously racist Trump is not a racist because he spent his presidency working to bridge America's racial divide. B. That America is not a racist country because only self-loathing makes anyone think so. And C. That Senator Raphael Warnock, the black senator from Georgia, should be deported because even though he and his parents were born in the USA, he is not a real American, <laughs> you know, like her and her immigrant parents. Except that Haley clearly couldn't care less 
that saying things like this makes her little more than a female Uncle Tom. That, of course, is a self-loathing non-white who is so desperate to please whites that they say more racist things and champion more racist causes than any respectable white ever would. But perhaps nothing demonstrates how cynical and craven Haley has become, quite like her inviting Pastor John Hagee to deliver the opening prayer at her first campaign rally on Wednesday. For this is the same Hagee who Republican nominee John McCain famously asked to withdraw his endorsement during the 2008 presidential campaign. He did so after videos exposed Hagee sermonizing about Hitler and the Holocaust being part of God's plan to chase the Jews from Europe. So inviting Hagee to bless her campaign showed bad judgment enough. But Haley then began her first campaign stump speech, idolizing him and belittling herself by saying, and I quote, Pastor Hagee, I still say I want to be you when I grow up. <laughs> End quote. Which clearly begs the question, then why the hell are you running for president instead of becoming an evangelical preacher? <laughs> anyway, this brings me to Tim Scott. He's the only black Republican in the Senate. But all you need to know about him is that he voted for white political handmaiden Amy Coney Barrett but voted against a black intellectual queen, Katanji Brown-Jackson, to join the Supreme Court. And this, despite knowing that Jackson would make history by becoming the first black woman to serve on the court. Scott claims he voted against her to protect the Republicans' conservative agenda. But this reeks of the same gaslighting that has Haley claiming she does not put up with bullies. <laughs> After all, Republicans have become so devoid of any agenda, they have dispensed of party platforms in favor of pledging abiding loyalty to their cult leader, Donald J. Trump. In fact, Scott voted against Jackson for the same reason he voted against protecting voting rights for black folks. He's a self-loathing black who is more mascot for Republican tribalism than representative for his constituents, especially the blacks who compose 26% of South Carolina's population. Like so many Republicans these days, Scott has no compunction about propagating alternative facts. But why would any black man embarrass himself by propagating a white supremacy talking point about America not being a racist country? 
I mean, even self-respecting white Republicans duly acknowledge that America is rife with systemic racism stemming from its original sin, slavery. <laughs> Frankly, I don't see why anyone in their right mind would care what Nikki Haley or Tim Scott has to say. At long last, both want to be courageous by standing up to Trump, like Congresswoman Liz Cheney of the Jan 6 Committee. But they have spent so many years appeasing Trump that, like Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina, it is impossible to see them in any other way except down on their knees trying to please him. That's it. Subscribe for free wherever you listen to your podcasts. And for thought-provoking commentaries, often laced with humor, I invite you to visit my blog at www.ipjn.com. Thank you for listening, and until the next Talking Opinions, goodbye.